escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. It is imagined that a police CID investigation into the activities of the defunct Inter-Ministerial Committee on Illegal Mining cleared it then Secretary Charles Bissu and eight others, including five policemen of any culpability. We are learning that following the broadcast of the documentary Galamse Fraud by investigative journalist Anas Aramiyao Anas, then chairman of the IMCI and Professor Kwabana Frimpong Boating wrote to the Interior Minister asking that he tasked the police CID to investigate the matter. The police concluded that it did not find any of the suspect culpable. It noted, however, that investigative journalist Anas Aramiel Anas had refused to submit an unedited version of the documentary to the police, as well as opting not to assist with investigations. Legal Affairs correspondent Joseph Akable has more. There are two motions pending in the courts. Uh, the first has to do with a request for production of documents, uh, specifically the petition that gave rise to the investigation by the special prosecutor into the activities of Charles Bishiwal as uh, he served as secretary of the Interministerial Committee on Illegal Mining. Uh, the second one is a motion for injunction, asking that the court restrains the special prosecutor from investigating Charles Bishu. Uh, lawyers for Mr. Bishu, led by Naneje, were informed the court that uh, they take the view that in order to move the motion for injunction, they would have to have access to the said documents first. And so they consider it important to their request for injunction. Uh, lawyers for the special prosecutor, led by Dr. Isidore Tufo, however, disagreed. Uh, Dr. Tufo told the court that nowhere in the substantive case filed by Charles Bissu does he make reference to any such document. And so if after filing their case, they have discovered such fresh document that they believe exists, they should take steps, appropriate steps, and not seek to tie that one to the injunction to ask the court to hold on until it determines the request for those documents. The judge agreed with this particular view, saying that as far as she's concerned, she doesn't think the two motions are connected. But she nonetheless opted to adjourn proceedings because of a request by lawyers for Charles Bissu, the lead counsel, Nanejie, who had indicated that he's unwell. And so the case has been adjourned to July 4, with the understanding that it is likely that the court will first take the motion for injunction before it considers any other matter. Uh, we know that a special prosecutor is already investigating Charles Bissu in respect of the ongoing probe into the activities of the Interministerial Committee on Illegal Mining. This is entirely different from this case here because this one borders on that investigation that was done by way of the documentary published by investigative journalist Anas Arimia Anas. For joining us on the Law Courts Complex, my name is Joseph Akable. Well, Joseph was in court today when lawyers for Mr. Bissu demanded the said petition. Joseph joins me via Zoom now with more details. First, let's refresh our memories. What exactly was the documentary Galaxy Fraud about? The documentary was published by investigative journalist Anas Arimianas, and it looked into the activities of the Interministerial Committee on Illegal Mining. One topical issue that it dealt with had to do with the fact that at the time, the IMCIM were issuing uh, what they indicated to be stickers that they were issuing to 
uh, the various mining companies. And so the point was made that uh, there was an attempt by some individuals who claimed to represent one ORR enterprises to make payments to, um, specifically to Charles BCU, to enable them to obtain those tickets to go and undertake illegal mining contrary to law. And so that is what Galam Safe Fraud put out by way of the allegations against Charles BCU and other officials of the IMCIM and some police officers who are said to have aided the company to circumvent the processes in order to undertake the mining activity. Run us through the individuals who were investigated by the police. So we know that Charles Bissou, secretary to the IMCIM, there was also one and who is described as a businessman, appear Hene upon Jimmy, a national security operative, Obed Osebwachi, also a businessman and a small-scale miner. Then there are Inspector Kennedy from Pong, Inspector Matthew Arno, Corporal Nicholas Dakwa, and Corporal Bafuewa, who are all of the VIPPU. It is the very important personality protection unit of the Ghana Police Service. And finally, Corporal Samson Bimpong of the Ghana Air Force Accra. Mm. And what were the key findings and the conclusion? So in terms of the key findings, it indicated that the evidence showed that ORR Resource Enterprise did not provide the small-scale permit and environmental agency report as they were asked to do so. But in terms of the specific allegations against them, the police report says none of the suspects in the case, including Charles B.C., was found to have circumvented and laid down procedures of the IMCIM in favor of ORR resource enterprises. It mm. goes on to say that all the suspects denied the allegations of bribery. It was observed that the document which was aired is not a true reflection of what transpired between these suspects and the said outburn of ORR resource uh, enterprise. Investigations have further revealed that no mining activity has taken place at the site of ORR Enterprise, which is located at Daosu in the Amancia South District of the Ashanti region, as portrayed by the documentary. The investigations primarily relied on the documentary and other sources, as already indicated. Anas Remyo Anas failed to avail himself to assist investigations and also provide a copy of an edited version of the documentary. He said he had already filed a petition with the Office of the Special Prosecutor, and moreover, the key witness, Yao Ben, is also not available to assist with investigation. So uh, in, on, in terms of the evidence available, the conclusion was that none of the suspects was found culpable of any of the offences alleged. Mm. We know the OSP investigated this matter. Any idea what he found? In fact, the conclusion that the OSP reached, as far as we understand, was quite different from what the police reached. I mean, he came to the conclusion that this is a matter that he could prosecute Charles Bissou for. In fact, we understand he had concluded an investigation and was on the verge of filing charges related to corruption and corruption-related offences against a Charles BCU when Charles BCU in December 2022 filed illegal processes against the special prosecutor. So the special prosecutor, we understand, is hoping that once those legal hurdles are scaled, he will bring charges against Charles BCU. Uh, one issue of contention has been the petition that gave rise to the investigation with the OSB. We have heard Mr. Bisu's lawyers claim it may have been authored by Special Prosecutor Kisi Ejabeng. What did you find? So we have cited two documents. One is the petition that was sent to the Office of Special Prosecutor. Uh, it's, it's signed by Anas Arimi Anas in action that he investigates Charles Bisu and the other officials relative to the documentary um for that he published then the second document is a response from the then special prosecutor martin abk amidu 
in which he makes reference to the letter that was written by Anasarimi Anas, and he addresses letter to Anasarimi Anas. And so the documents that we've seen, on the face of it, it appears that a petition was filed by the uh, Anasarimi Anas, and not the current special prosecutor, who we know in time is past was the lawyer for Anasarimi Anas. All right, grateful to you, Joseph Akablay there. Moving on to other stories. Despite having a huge debt cancellation two decades ago, Ghana still loses almost 30% of its annual revenue to payment on its external debt alone. And it's currently under a 17th IMF program hoping to salvage an age-old economic problem, debt crisis. In our latest hotline documentary, Joy News' Isaac Kofi Ajay takes us on a historical ride tracking Ghana's over six decades of ballooning public debt stock. We are described as not credit worthy. No, no creditors will continue to give us uh, credit lines to, to run the business of government for the nation. And since we had only four years to prove that we could govern, uh, we, we might be worse off than what we inherited. So we decided to go the hippie way, and it worked. Ghana was the second biggest beneficiary of debt relief, literally in the world, though this is a list of African countries. In terms of the proportion of your GDP, and as a proportion of how much debt that was you know, forgiven, Ghana was number two on the, on, on the list of African countries at least. So you see that we had huge benefits from HIPIC, more than uh, $6 billion of money was freed up uh, for us. The borrowing came a vicious cycle, and Ghana couldn't escape the trap, even after debt forgiveness. Ghana discovered oil, and by 2011, the country had started producing and exporting its first barrels of crude oil. I do not want Ghanaians to think that the oil discovery is the end of everything. That is the end of the journey. If anything, it's the beginning of the journey. We want to make sure that we derive the maximum benefit from the oil. But that should not take away attention from the other very important areas, agriculture. No nation can flourish without a strong agricultural base. In January 2011, Ghana was set to become the fastest growing economy in sub-Saharan Africa, as projected by the World Bank with an end period growth rate of 13.4%. Indeed, Ghana ended 2011 with a growth rate of 14%. By 2015, Ghana's economy was in trouble, hobbled by widening current account and budget deficits, rampant inflation, and a depreciating currency. Credit dried up as interest rates rose and banks' bad loans piled up. Precisely because the structure of the economy explains a lot of the things that you see at the macro level and even at the micro level. So that is why, because essentially we, are, we don't add margins to the uh, primary commodities. And look, the world thrives on margins. To the extent that you are not adding margins, you are not getting value. And therefore, you don't command price in the market. After several considerations, Ghana was back to the IMF seeking a fresh bailout. This was our 16th. But by the time we went to Sinchi and uh, looked at the policies and the rest, we realized, you know, that it was going to be difficult. And then as, you know, was the case, the development partners also decided that, you know, they didn't think we could handle this problem ourselves. Uh, they look to the IMF, which is the lender of last resort. 
it will be the last time we will have to go to the IMF again for any such program. This will be the IMF program to end all programs. One target of Ghana's 16th IMF program was to help restore our debt burden to sustainable levels. The 16th IMF program actually failed on one of its objectives, which was to substantially bring down debt. So the 16th IMF program really did not do much in terms of uh, bringing Ghana's debt to a sustainable level. Number one of the a nation that begs titled The Genesis as tonight on the Journey Channel at 8.30 p.m. Now, to other stories, flag bearer aspirant of... Uh, so you're still watching the Joy News Prime on the Joy News Channel. Now, flag bearer aspirant of the governing New Patriotic Party, Alan Kojo-Chamanting, is calling for unity in the party as it gears towards electing uh, leadership ahead of the 2024 general elections. According to the former trade and industry minister who was speaking after filing his nomination at the party's headquarters, the contest is an internal exercise and should rather solidify the image of the party to be able to face and defeat its main contender and not bruise it. He has therefore impressed on his colleague aspirant and the delegate to be decorous in their campaigns. My colleague Samuel Mbura has more in this report. The flag bearer hopeful, Alan Chamantin, said the party does not just need a leader, but a flag bearer that will break the eight in the 2024 elections, and it can only take a united front to achieve it. I want to use this opportunity to make a passionate appeal to the delegates who will be voting in our National Delegates Conference on the 4th of November. As delegates, you are representing not only your own interests, but also the interests of the rank and file of our party. What the rank and file of our party are asking for is that they need a new leader who will satisfy five basic conditions. They are looking for a leader who will help our party to break the eight in 2024 and help NPP to succeed itself in power. A group of sitting MPs of the governing MPP have thrown their full support behind the candidature of Alan Chamantin. The MPs, numbering seven, were part of the campaign team of Alan Chamantin, who were at the MPP headquarters to file his nomination forms. According to them, the former trade and industry minister is the right candidate to lead the party, a reason they are throwing support behind him. MP for Lambosier, Bright Bachi, spoke on their behalf. The reason is that we want power in 2025, and there's no one in MPP now to give us power other than Alan Koji Do you think the Vice President, Dr. Mahmoud Bamiya, has already been marketed? He's, he's, he's popular than Alan? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. And that is not what uh, the grassroots are saying. If you are in touch with the grassroots, we have someone that is popular amongst MPP or popular in government, but not popular at the grassroots, not popular amongst the Ghanaian people. Alan Koji Chiamantin is someone even members of other political parties are craving for. That once we bring him, they will, they, will, they will support us to make him president because they see the value in him, they see the substance in him, they see the quality in him. His capacity to build this country is what everybody... And that is why I stood out 
from amongst all the northern MPs to say Alan is the person. So you are representing all the northern MPs? I'm not representing them. I stood out amongst them. I'm the only northern MPP MP who supports Alan's candidature. Alan Kojo Chemante is the first person to file nomination among the 10 aspirants that have picked nomination forms so far. Reporting for Joy News, Samuel Mbura, MPP headquarters, Asylum Down. Uh, there are more calls for an independent investigation into circumstances leading to the killing of five men. The Ghana Police Service says engaged its men in a gunfight. Our visit to the community has revealed some residents have fled over fears of reprisals from other members of the gang suspected to be land guards. Now, there are more calls for an independent probe into circumstances surrounding the shooting to the death of the five persons. Here is ranking member of Parliament's Defence and Interior Committee, James Agalga. Um, extrajudicial killing of suspected criminals by the police in recent times is becoming one too many. Any call for an independent proof into the killing of five suspects, whether they are suspected land guards or, or, or whatever, cannot be justified. The police has always given some justification that normally they engage them in gunfights and they overpower them and, and, and kill. But Listen, the butchering of five people to death cannot be justified in any circumstance. Any call for an independent proof is welcome. You would recall that two police officers who were in police custody and the suspicion was that they were involved in the bullion van robbery incident were, were shot dead by their own police. The justification was that they took them to uh, a place around Botema to assist them to fish out for uh, some of the suspects who probably took part in uh, planning the bullion van attack. In the process, the um, suspected criminals who were in their hideout shot at the police and in the course of a gunfight, the two suspects were the ones who ended up losing their lives. Look, the incidents are becoming one too many. There can be no justification for these killings. And I am particularly worried because Following the establishment of the police intelligence department, it appears that there have been some abuses because the incidents are becoming one too many. There are some people who are saying that one way to eliminate all the doubts surrounding um, some of these deaths in high-risk operations like this one is to equip the police with um, body cameras. And I remember sometime in November 2022, um, the Interior Minister, Ambrose Derry, said at a press conference in Parliament and that the police, um, they've acquired some body cameras um, for, um, for the police. Uh, how do you think we can, you know, stop this, some of these deaths that you describe as extrajudicial killings? Well, Maxwell, if that was a commitment the minister made on behalf of government, so we would be demanding answers from the minister, uh, mm. because once the promise was made, if, if, if they haven't provided the officers with those body cams, and uh, we have repeated incidents of uh, extrajudicial killings, which are unacceptable by... You know, in a stretch of imagination, you ca we can't justify these killings. Then, then it means that the uh, minister may have uh, misled us, and, and, and we'll have quite a number of questions for him to respond to in the okay. coming days. Executive Director of the Bureau of Public Safety, Nanaya Kwada, says this has become necessary because there have been many instances where police shot and killed innocent citizens. At the same time, if you look at the last... Um, 
16 miles or so, and most police actions targeted at gangs or what you want to call organized um, crime have, you know, all concluded very violently. We've had the police coming out to five deaths, seven deaths, three deaths here and there. And we think that we are gradually beginning to see a certain affinity of police operations with dead bodies. I think it is not something that we should encourage in our, in our you know, scheme of things in terms of how the police operate. That the police must be accountable to us in this democracy. We are living in an era of rule of law. The single institution that is tasked with ensuring that the, uh, the principle of rule of law operates and operates efectively is the police institution. And so if they want to... Escuchas ese rugido? Sientes la experiencia de poder? La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Operates under clouds, under darkness, without transparency, without accountability. What they are doing is that they are undermining their own legitimacy, which will transmit into the legitimacy also of the government. And we will not have a country. We will not have a democracy. And so it is absolutely important that the police hold themselves as accountable to us. It is absolutely important that their practices and their operations are clear with us, the citizens, so that we can be on their side. As it stands now, everybody is skeptical of the police. I am skeptical of the police. The Bureau of Publicity is skeptical of the police. And you from the media just mentioning here um, that you suspect extrajudicial killing. That is serious. And so the police should not give us any doubt, any um, opportunity to even begin to think that they have accrued powers on, onto themselves to the extent that they determine who should live and who should not. A security analyst, Adam Bonat, says the calls for an independent probe are in order. He joins us via Zoom now. Grateful. Dr. Adam Bonat is with us on Zoom. Grateful for joining us now. Uh, what will this independent probe help us achieve? Well, I, good evening. I, I, for me, I will say that any form of investigations or independent probe is okay. But it will, it will uh, help us achieve, uh, you know, some level of uh, confidence, transparency with regards to uh, the police's actions. If you ask me, I will say that uh, two years ago, uh, the discussion was not this. The discussion was at the point where some police officers or a police officer had been shot and, you know, in a bullion van and money stolen. Uh, two years ago, we had, what do you call it, an armed robbery taking place in front of the police headquarters where a forest bureau was, was robbed. Two years ago, we had myriad of called them robbery, violent robberies that were taking place in this country. And so as far as I'm concerned, I would rather want to look at it in a more balanced format. 
Because be as it may, and as we call for further investigations into this, let's also be very careful not to dampen the spirit of, obviously, uh, the police officers. We need to be very circumspect because then, in your intro, you mentioned that residents of uh, Botiano, Botiano are fleeing the area because they are afraid that there will be reprisal attacks. What it means is that there are challenges in that area when it comes to the canker of, what do you call that, uh, langardism. To the extent that we needed to pass a special law to deal with langardism in this country. But that is not to say the police should use too much or excessive force in dealing with langardism. But mm. of course, if you ask me, I will tell you that the law and everyone of us, including the police and military, everybody, to the right of self-defense. And so mine is that we need to have a balanced conversation. Two years ago, around this time, uh, we were told that it is only in heaven that crimes don't take place. And so I would want to have a more balanced conversation so that when we are critiquing the police, we have to also remember that we have come from a situation where daylight robberies were so rampant, so much so that if you entered a bank and took 100,000 cities, chances are that you could be gunned down and your money stolen from you. Mm. And so, yes, let's conduct more investigations, but let's not do anything that will seem to suggest that we want to empower those who are terrorizing us in this country. I mean, the whole of this country, we are surrounded by, uh, call them uh, criminals, criminal elements, who are armed to the teeth. Mm. So, yes, five people have been killed, and I do know that the, the necessary protocols, when they are deaths, these deaths must go through a certain process of investigation. Yes, an independent probe. Why not? If uh, we have to have one, we mm. should. But the truth is that in your intro, you mentioned residents were running. Why are they running? If we didn't have langardism or langard terrorizing people in Botiano, I'm not making an excuse for anybody, but mine is that let's have a more balanced conversation mm -hmm. because we've come from a situation where even me, I was too afraid sometimes to step out of my home because the armed, armed guns were everywhere. You know, moving around in motorbikes with pump action guns, AK-47, and shooting at people randomly. Mm -hmm. Is that where we want to go to? No. So let's be a bit circumspect when we are talking about these things because for me, I would rather would not want that situation. I want a situation where the police go after them. Okay. But of course, mm. to be more professional when dealing with a criminal element in our society. Okay. So, so if this probe should, should come on, what exactly will it help us achieve, really, in the end, at the end? Well, it would, it would let us achieve the fact that, uh, you know, the officers who went there, uh, how, I mean, they obviously wouldn't be disclosing uh, what do you call that? All their strategies to us. I don't expect them to do that. But it will let, let whatever doubts we have it will be cleared if they, there has to be any probe at all. I'm told there are some investigations that are ongoing. But mine is that if there has to be any probe, it will help us know, in fact, whether the officers acted in excess of whatever power they have or they overreacted or what happened. We need to know all that because we were not there. But what I've checked, at, you know, on the ground, or, you know, the Bocciano, is that to the extent that some time ago, one of the traditional leaders was shot in the thigh. 
Okay, and so it means that it's a it's a serious situation, and these people will shoot at you. The police said they shot at them and they shot back. So we need to know at what point were they shot at and they shot back. All these things, uh, when there is a when there is a federal probe, I don't know whether there has to be an independent probe, but when there has to be a federal probe, it will let us establish the fact the, the fact that the police officers involved acted professionally. But I don't want to believe that. Okay. Police, I mean, yes, of course, we okay. once upon a time had mm. as one say why some people why some people were killed. But fast forward, I want to expect I want to believe that police officers are supposed to. Today, police officers are supposed to be a bit more professional, and I don't expect them to get into mm. communities okay. and start shooting at people. So, okay. yes, let's see what happens in the next uh, coming days. Mm. In November 2022, the Interior Minister on the floor of Parliament said the government will provide police officers with body cameras um, uh, so that it can give us minute-by-minute minute account of police operations. That is yet to happen. How do you think these body cams will be helpful in such high-risk operations? Well, that, that the, the police already have some body cameras. But you see, just as we have one police officer to uh, about 800 or so citizens instead of 500, what I know is that they already have some body cameras and they, they, it looks like they are taking delivery of some others, I am told. And so they already have some. The only thing is that it is the numbers. And so probably we should be finding out can we get to a point where we are going to have every police officer to one body camera? Once we get to that point, then it becomes more transparent. But you know, I mean, uh, funding, how many resources do we even put into policing? And uh, in fact, our security. Some of us have been crying and crying and saying that we, we are taxing for streetlight. We are taxing for everything. But we don't have, there is no allocated or dedicated funds for policing in this country. Once there is no dedicated funds, then the Minister of Interior will come and promise. But the truth is that he doesn't have the, he doesn't have the checkbook to sign and say, uh, in, uh, Finance Minister, I need you to give me maybe, let's say, $20 million for me to procure. And so I think this conversation must, must continue. But I am aware that there are some, because I think they deployed some in Kumewu, uh, in Kumewu and they deployed some in other mm. areas. But I think it is the numbers. I'm also mm. aware that they have... Uh, they are expecting to have some deliveries. The only thing is that it is the numbers because uh, the police at the moment should need at least a minimum of 50,000 body cameras okay. for both uh, plain clothes and what mm. do you call it, uh, uh, you know, uniform officers. So okay. that these uh, doubts and accountability issues will be Wait, a thing right. of the past. Okay. Now, in 10 seconds for me, as you say, we don't have enough body cameras. So why wouldn't the people or the police persons and get, who are going for such high-risk operations carry body cameras, even as we don't have enough? I, I don't speak for them, but you see, if, if, as we speak, if, God forbid, your station comes under attack, police officers are supposed to be quickly mobilized and moved there. And so a police officer who is on duty somewhere who is not wearing a body camera is likely to be redeployed to your area to ensure that if anyone wants to attack your station, they, they defend the station. What it means is that until such a time that we can have one police officer to one body camera, it will be difficult to say every police operation or every immigration operation, a body camera must be involved because some of them okay. happens the spare of the moment. 
And when it happens, I don't speak for them. But when I'm only speaking out of the knowledge I have, working with all the institutions, that the spare of the moment, you can't say, all of you, come to the police headquarters, uh, take body cameras, because the body cameras are woefully inadequate. So if you've deployed them in Kumasi for an operation, or you've deployed them in five regions of the country, and something is happening, you cannot wait to call back those body cameras before you deploy. Okay. I think we should be pushing for one police officer, one body camera in this country. Once we get to that point, the issue of accountability in policing will be a thing of the past. But until then, I think we need to continue to push the states, uh, in fact, the government, okay. to put in more resources into policing. Okay. Uh, they didn't have helicopters, now they have them. All right. Now, if you rob, they can go into the air and, and trail you. But I, I think a lot more needs to be done. Okay. But the government has done something. I, I want okay, to see no. more being done in policing. Okay. I'm grateful to you, Dr. Adam Bona, for joining us here. He is a security analyst there. This is still Joy News Prime. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back with more. Stay with us. The malaria really knocked you down, eh? Charlie, no joke. Fever, headache, vomiting, loss of appetite. I couldn't even eat my usual fufu. <laughs> you and your fufu. But I hope you got tested before the malaria treatment. Yes, I did. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out malaria one time. When malaria strikes, take Malatu, containing Arthometer and Lumifantrin. Comes in tablets and suspension for effective treatment of malaria. Great to have you back. No problem. Mala 2 is suitable for adults and children. Manufactured and distributed by NS Chemist Limited. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. My name is Tina. I am a person living with HIV. I got to know my HIV status after I gave birth and lost the child because of HIV. In those days, Prevention of mother-to-child transmission services had low patronage due to fear and stigmatization. Today, many HIV-positive women have delivered negative children. I follow the guidelines and take my HIV medicine called ARVs every day as prescribed by my doctor. This makes me strong and healthy and also prevents me from passing HIV onto any future child. Please, avail yourself of PMTCT services when pregnant. It is the only way to ensure you do not pass the HIV onto your baby during birth or pregnancy. If you have tested for HIV recently and it was negative, test again when pregnant. If you have tested positive, go to the hospital after birth as directed by your healthcare provider. Your baby will be given medicine immediately and tested to ensure baby and mother are well. Let us work together to have an HIV-free generation. Our children must be free to shine. when you think.
Whoa, today I've earned it. So order a global days when plans run longer. What if we order a global? Or days when you can't control everything? Oh yes, because on global you can order anything you want. Global, you order, we deliver. Salary account, you will enjoy free life insurance, free debit card, save while you spend, and an amazing chance to double your salary. A whole seven, and even more consolation rewards in the Ecobank double salary promo reloaded. Vimwo, this Ecobank salary account sounds interesting. What do you think? But maybe next time, Charlie, you know what? I'd go shine my shoe. Yo, myself, I'd go check my BP. We going up, never go down, and we stay flat. Open an Ecobank salary account today for a lifetime of benefits. You also stand a chance to win more than double your salary in the Ecobank double salary promo reloaded from now till July 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Under the supervision of the National Lottery Authority under the Caritas Lottery Platform. Many people think I get whatever I want because I'm a popular actress. But no, that is not true. Me and Kosano, I did be a me, Yibiano. Me, she shame for Papa, no. And when I find it, I stick to it. My shishim when your bell pack tissues. Bell pack, I will T-roll. Bell pack T-roll. Soft, but not weak. Strong, but not hard. It is smooth. Me, you swear, me hot tummy. It's just perfect. Same as the kitchen towel. Uti bakwa, uti mi de pepaye, uti mi soki, eti mu esa pepa. One bell pack kitchen towel lasts longer and saves you money. It's time you switch to bell pack today. Say your pocket tissue, table napkin, tea roll, and a kitchen towel. Bell pack is simply the best. It's just perfect. Mommy, I'll buy a big TV. Thank you. Mommy, I'm going to cook for you always. Oh, thank you. Mommy, I'll buy a big car. I'll buy a big house. Thank you. We are really celebrating mothers at Lakeside Estate. This Mother's Day, we are offering you the opportunity to experience the tropical bliss of the Seychelles Islands with every home you purchase with Lakeside Estate. You can choose from our two, three, or four-bedroom homes and secure an expense-paid trip to the Seychelles Island for you and your family, especially your sweet mother. It's time to give mothers a treat. Do yours in style. Call us on any of these numbers and let's give you the home ownership experience of a lifetime. Offer lasts till 31st July 2023. Terms and conditions apply. from the break. Now, the newly sworn-in Chief Justice Getri Tokonu has made a commitment to leverage technology to improve the efficiency of the judiciary. Despite efforts made in the past two decades to automate court operations, only 62% of court currently utilize computers as part of their workflow. 
Justice Tokono during her inaugural address after her swearing-in ceremony at the Jubilee House stressed the need to acquire electronic devices for capturing court records and establish a networked infrastructure among registries and stakeholders to enable the next level of automation. Over the same period of the last two decades, the automation of courts has morphed into the digitalization of court processes that allow for electronic filing, electronic case distribution, creation of electronic dockets, and the conduct of virtual trials. So, Your Excellency, if we have been so busy, why are Ghanaians still feeling the pain and toll of inefficiency in delivery of court services? If the leaders of the judiciary have acknowledged that they owe Ghanaians a duty to remedy the inefficiencies, ineffectiveness of litigation, and taking strong steps to reduce the hard and tough terrain of doing business in Ghana. That comes from interminable court proceedings over investments in land, estate settlements, business transaction disputes. Why do these conditions persist? Your Excellency, it is easy to see why these problems persist. Despite the length of time of overhauling rules of court to allow deeper efficiency into court operations, the introduction of specialized courts and the applications of technology, many courts continue to use the laborious inefficient models of taking evidence in manuscript and managing administration in the old pedantic ways. After two decades of tackling the issue of automation, only Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. 2% of courts use computers as part of their work. And computerization is only the first level of automation of court processes. After acquiring electronic devices to capture records of courts, the registries and offices of stakeholders must be networked in order to allow for the next level of automation. This is a national burden, and we are slowed down by any sluggishness in the nation's digitalization drive. Currently, our records show that only 26% of courts are networked, and only 12% of courts have been brought into the bracket of full automation in the operation through digitalization of their processes. Now, the urban department in the Ashanti region has started patching potholes at uh, Borkrom and Oforikrom, two communities featured in the Joy News GH Potholes exhibition. The Oforikrom and Borkrom road networks are riddled with deep circular depressions as motorists experience vehicular damages that go beyond mechanical repairs. Lavafem's Nana Bwachi Yadom, who first reported the danger and inconvenience of plying the road, goes back to access the rate of patching. The Oforikrom and Bokrom road networks were inundated with several deadly potholes which leaves motorists and commuters at risk. Some road users describe the impoverished potholes as life-threatening pits. Almost there three months, there two accidents. I came across an accident almost a month ago. 
As the government institutions make efforts to patch the holes, some concerned residents fill the riddled bitumen with debris to lessen the impact of vehicles slumping into holes. Sometimes they attempt to fill these holes with coconut husk. Join News' Ghana Potholes exhibition exposed the atrocious state of the Kumasi Oforikum and Broken Roads. But the Department of Urban Roads has begun patching up these potholes. Some motorists using these roads expressed their gratitude. I want to say thank you to Joy News for the work you've been doing. We watch you and know everything you've been doing because these potholes have been here for over a year now. We only woke up to see them patching them this morning. We say thank you so much for helping us get our road fixed. We thank you so much. Now, potholes patching began in Kumase after Joy News' intensive campaign on the poor state of our roads. You can see that the contractors are on site, patching up every single pothole here in the Oforuko municipality. For Joy News, my name is Danab Wachitankwa Yadom. Highways are generally smooth in nature, serving as quick route for drivers. But that's not the case of the highway from Kanishi's first light to local waterworks, which has huge portions severely destroyed by mini swimming pools, stagnant water bearing the semblance of creamy beverages, as well as an, a mother of all devastation portals. In today's edition of Joy News' Ghana's Portals Exhibition, my colleague Park Wesley Shandov captures the deplorable spectacle which has become a headache for both drivers and commuters alike. Creamy beverages always delight the town. But splashes of the ones on the streets of Accra do not satisfy drivers. Instead, it makes their tongues wag with complaints and endless frustrations. The situation has persisted for the past seven years. We've been pleading with authorities, but to no avail. Because of the poor nature of the road, a lot of people have actually lost their lives while crossing it. But how do these creamy beverages end up on the streets in the first place? Potholes. They are served and produced by potholes, a menace on almost all the roads in the country. Apart from serving what looks like beverages on the streets, potholes also create other embarrassing scenes on our roads. This is not a beach resort, neither is it a spot for relaxation. It's actually a lane on the Odoko Malam Highway. Unfortunately, the place has now become 
a resting place for water, as you can see. And Anytime it rains, it becomes a severe challenge, not only for drivers, but commuters are like terrible, devastating, and a real pain. These are some of the strong adjectives commuters use in describing the glaring portals sitting in the middle of some parts of the Kaneshi Malam Highway, a principal road network in the capital, Accra. A brief inspection of some parts of the highway from Kaneshi First Light to Odoko Waterworks indeed affirmed that the sentiments of road users are not far-fetched, neither are they exaggerations. But some things need to be said and the situation is simply an eyesore, posing a lot of unbearable inconveniences for commuters. Some of the road users who spoke to join use could simply not hide their displeasure. Charlie, uh, this one in Ugukra, honestly, every time in less than like six months, it gets back to, you know, worse. You know, yeah, it's really bad. This road originally was very, very good. They came with a certain machine and then they just graded the whole road and the thing was supposed to fix it some way, somehow. And that's what actually started this whole thing. It's very bad. And this road... They do the road. I don't know the kind of uh, things they are using to do the road. If they do the road more than one month or, or less than one month, then they are damaged again. And we are pleading to the government to come and do the road for us. The cars are not able to move freely here due to the gullies, creating a very awkward situation all the time. I wonder why authorities can't fix the situation. As usual, they are waiting for a child of a high-profile person to die on the road before they get to work. Meanwhile, if the youth block the road in protest now, they will be questioned. The road from here, that is Kaneshi First Light to Odoko, has some issues. Authorities should at least tackle some of the issues, even if not all. Just in the middle of the road at Odoko Waterworks is a more dire situation. A pool, not designed by nature, sits openly in the road created by constant friction between car ties and the road. The effects of the mini swimming pool at Docker Waterworks have far-reaching consequences. Ordinarily, road users stand on the last lane, which has now been blocked by water, to board vehicles. But the portals have compelled them to stand at a much riskier location to get on vehicles. This development is worrying. The water is just destroying the road, creating manholes on the road. The water has also blocked the road. So we are pleading with authorities to promptly address the situation. The menace is increasingly severe, and the one thing the commuters want is nothing but an immediate solution. For the scores of road users who are not happy with the numerous potholes that have littered the stretch from Kaneshi First Light all the way to Odoko, their concern is that government must speedily intervene in order to avert the inconveniences that the situation normally poses for them. For Joy News, my name is Pakwesi Shandoff.
Investment Limited. All right, so welcome back. Time for us to bring you showbiz. And Becky Bags is already in the house. And guess what? She has a big surprise. Well, I don't know. Becky, how are you? I'm fantastic. Let's mm. talk about everything happening in the world of entertainment. I'm talking about everything that you missed at the weekend. Here is a wrap of the biggest events that happened at the weekend. It's the start of a new week and I am pleased to update you with all the big events that you've missed at the weekend. First, let's talk about the 2023 edition of Rep Your Jersey powered by Hit 103.9 FM. The event was climbing on Saturday at the Aviation Social Center as the 12th edition of the event thrilled patrons on the grounds and through the airwaves. Hundreds of football fans were treated to an exciting Champions League final viewing experience. Speaking of the Champions League, have you seen Burner Boy Sterling performance? Well, last, last, it don't Now, everybody go chalk breakfast. Ah, oh. Take it away, Burner Boy. Now let's move away from that and talk about Joy Prime's music reality show Cues and Lyrics. This weekend, TM Music wins Best Performer of the Night for the second time. I tell you, Sunday's show saw great performances by contestants as they were taxed to celebrate Africa through music. I know you're good as well, so what happened? I give you green light, Toro. Toro, me, Toro. Your very first note, off. I can't stop loving you. My baby, good. My baby, all the things I need. My baby, bust up to silence, so. Who is going to be a star performer? TM Music. Some good news for Ghana as Camilo has been nominated in the Viewer's Choice Best New International Act category at this year's BET Awards. Yes, Camilo gained international prominence when he released the remix of Sugar Cane, which features Mayu Kun and Daco Vibes in 2022. After topping various international music chats, he won Afrobeat Song of the Year and Best International Collaboration with Sugar Cane Remix at the 2023. Photophone Ghana Music Awards. The BET Awards is an American awards show that was established in 2001 by the Black Entertainment Television Network to celebrate black entertainers and other minorities in music, film, sports, and philanthropy. Congratulations to Camilo. Hey. 
Oh yeah, so I have a surprise for you from uh, Strange World. For those of you who don't know what Strange World is, is the first Ghanaian telenovela to hit your screens. So we have dates uh, when you should expect Strange World on Adum TV. If we have that message from Majid, uh, please let's take that. Friday 9 p.m. at Doom TV Strange World premieres every Friday 9 p.m. on Adam TV and an omnibus Sunday at 3 p.m. The Lord bless you. Well, so now that we have a date, Brace, this is from Strange World. Okay. That's for you, mm-hmm. and you get mm-hmm. a pen to go. Thank you. Oh, this Strange is, World, great. This is for me. Mm-hmm. I am, you know, wondering why I got a condom from Strange World. Because I saw Ebony as one of the sponsors. Ah, so ah. they have to, you know. Okay, mm-hmm. but I'm a virgin, and I don't intend to break my virginity right now. Mm. Uh, so what do we do with the condoms? We well, to... I can also take it, so maybe we'll look for one of us. and handle So whoever it. is interested in the condom, please log on to Adum TV. Uh, just watch uh, Strange World. I'm, mm, yeah, I don't exactly. know. But yeah. uh, there was a special premiering uh, for Strange World, and uh, it was absolutely fantastic. For those of you who were not there, you should catch uh, the main show at... Uh, on Adum TV this weekend, which is Friday, mm-hmm. and there you get to, you know, see everything. The condoms are three. All right, I don't know. thank you. Now, so that's uh, all in entertainment, and that's how we wrap up today's bulletin for you. There's more news on myjoyonline.com. Prime business is up next. My thanks to Stringworth for this one. Uh, thank you, Declare <laughs> So cool, so clean. My newfound love and buddy, Aquadot Natural Mineral Water, made under strictly hygienic conditions with modern technology to ensure your quality. With Aquadot Natural Mineral Water, your safety is at heart. For bulk purchase, call 0257-205656 or 0559-765777. You can also visit us at Hatcho Ecomog Accra or Dotland Noy Limited, Hatcho Rabbit, Aquadot Natural Mineral Water, this advert is FDA approved.
your style. New Ohima collection from GTP. Now available at any of our accredited dealers nationwide or any wooden shop. Mommy, I'll buy a big TV. Thank you. Mommy, I'm going to cook for you always. Oh, thank you. Mommy, I'll buy you a big car. I'll buy you a big house. Thank you. We are really celebrating mothers at Lakeside Estate. This Mother's Day, we are offering you the opportunity to experience the tropical bliss of the Seychelles Islands with every home you purchase with Lakeside Estate. You can choose from our two, three, or four-bedroom homes and secure an expense-paid trip to the Seychelles Island for you and your family, especially your sweet mother. It's time to give mothers a treat. Do yours in style. Call us on any of these numbers and let's give you the home ownership experience of a lifetime. Offer lasts till 31st July 2023. Terms and conditions apply. Adam, I'm looking for Abena. Abena, there's someone looking for you. Adam, please, where's Abena? Abena, yes, is this who you are looking for? Escuchas ese rugido, sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Ah. Madam, please get me up now. Please. Bella. Abna bra. Abna, abna, abna. Oh, abna. It's not a marriage. I'm going to eat it. 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 I'm going to Oba, I need to be dear, dear Johnny. I'm forbidden. Make you want me to say, "Mama, I'm missing you, Johnny." Yes, I'm missing you, Mama. Sister, who's you? Sugar, gas is fast, and easy, and convenient. And I'm If you get LPG, let me see your hand. The business segment is brought to you by Ecobank. Pan African Bank. It's time you switch to Bell Park today.
Hello, good evening and welcome to Business here on Joy News Prime with me, Beverly Broom. To our very first story, and Ghana's program with the International Monetary Fund has received a required buy-in of all social actors, including organized labor. That's according to the country representative of the IMF, Dr. Leandro Medina. There are fears that the government will struggle to implement the program because of the expected opposition from these interest groups. But Dr. Medina insists they have been able to get all these actors on board. First of all, in terms of the strength of the program, the program is quite uh, strong and if implemented as planned, mm -hmm. it will get uh, you know, the uh, Ghana out of this crisis, uh, get the debt uh, sustainable and uh, it would uh, lay the foundations for inclusive uh, growth. And the policies are the policies that are needed and reforms that are needed to, to, to get us there. And we have seen a very strong commitment from the authorities. Mm -hmm. the, in terms of the consultation with stakeholders, mm -hmm. every mission that visits, that visits uh, Accra, uh, we meet, of course, with the authorities, we meet with the Minister of Finance, we meet with the Bank of Ghana, we meet with banks. We meet with the civil society. We have met with TUC. We have met with Guta, with the unions. Mm -hmm. um, we meet also the opposition in the context of the uh, uh, parliamentary finance committee. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, we are comfortable that we have been uh, consistently you have the buy meeting of all these actors. with all the relevant actors in Ghana where we have been able to not only to explain what we are mm. really uh, discussing and, 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 and what are the aims of, of the discussion, but mostly to hear their concern, mm. I, which I, is extremely important for us to hear the, uh, the concern of the different uh, stakeholders. And then finally, you mentioned um, parliamentary approval. Mm. My understanding is that a memorandum will be uh, prepared by the uh, government of Ghana mm -hmm. and will be sent to parliament uh, mainly explaining that a new financing from the IMF has arrived and how this uh, financing will be used. Meanwhile, economist Dr. Patrick Assuming has challenged claims by the IMF country representative Dr. Leandro Medina that it secured the required buy-in of all social actors, including organized labor. According to him, that cannot be the case, as TUC and Guta have all expressed reservations about some of the conditions from the bailout. Patrick Assuming has been speaking to Joy Business. The rep seem to uh, equate the fact that in their mission visit, they, they, they consult with all these groups mm. to mean that people have bought into this. Mm. You know, when he gave details, what he's saying is that in their visits, they consult all these stakeholders and they they get their perspectives. So I'm not sure at what point government secured this uh, buy-in from all these stakeholders, whether after the document itself has been released. Because, mind you, I mean, these stakeholders and Ghanaians in general, we didn't really know the, a lot of the specifics of what was in the document until the approval was sought. So I'm not sure whether he's referring to having a broader stakeholder 
I in after everybody has seen what is in the document or during the process of consultation. I mean, of course, having stakeholder buying is absolutely important for the success mm -hmm. of the program. But it. it seems to me that it's a little bit of a stretch to say that um, the program has uh, secured wide stakeholder support. By the way the program has been designed, it appears that government has to be able to uh, implement some of the harder decisions uh, by way of the, as part of the preconditions, right? Yeah. So if you talk about the domestic debt exchange, which is uh, which is really a very difficult thing to to push through, and then the new taxes, the three new taxes that we've seen, the tariff adjustment, you you get the sense that those are some of the harder decisions, and already not necessarily through buy-in, mm. but the government managed to get them uh, passed. And then it's implementing. You might have heard uh, Guta complaining that they, they want a review of those taxes at the media review. So the government has been able to get some of the difficult actions done. I'm not sure that they had broad-based consensus. It just succeeded some way, somehow, to get them implemented. So on that score, I think, you know, it's, uh, it's positive for the ability to implement the program, but uh, I think it's a bit of a stretch to call that uh, broad-based support. Now, ratings agencies, Moody, has upgraded the ranking assigned to government of Ghana's restructured bonds to CAA3 from CA. Moody's, however, kept the outlook at stable despite reviewing the ratings on these new bonds. George Riafe has the rest of the story. Modis, in his latest report on Ghana, stated that the action was influenced by the fact that these new bonds that have been issued by the government of Ghana are not exposed to significant risk for now. This is more of an advice to investors or those that are holding these bonds that government's inability to settle these papers have improved a little bit, hence the action. Moody's noted that following the completion of government's debt restructuring program for the domestic papers, the future expected losses have been reduced. It also maintained that the country has achieved a degree of fiscal relief and therefore unlikely to seek another form of debt restructuring going forward. But despite this action, Moody's noted that Ghana is still within the bracket of highly speculative bonds or risk issued by a country or company. On the outlook, the ratings agency was of the view that it doesn't see any challenge for now, even though negotiations on the external debts might be a major determinant on any future action on Ghana's credit ratings by Moody's. Now, economist Dr. Patrick Assuming has been reacting to Moody's upgrades rating, arguing that it will not send any major signal to the investors. It's not an upgrade reflecting any, any substantial improvement in how the economy or even the macroeconomy is functioning now because we, we know that the indicators are still not uh, as strong as they could be. But it's a reflection of the fact that at least we have now agreed a program and a set of policies that is expected to improve the macroeconomy. And I guess this should send a positive um uh, signal to investor community, basically. Well, on one hand, yes, but don't forget that CAA three is still a very low ranking. It's mm -hmm. not that suddenly we, you know we are looking 
uh, our debt is, uh, or we, it hasn't changed the fact that we still can pay our debt. In fact, we haven't even concluded the restructuring, especially the external side. So while it is is showing the right direction, I don't, it, it is no, we are nowhere near, you know, saying that the Ghana's macroeconomic environment is strong, therefore, you know, investors should start flooding it. Agriculture now, and the Minister for Food and Agriculture, Dr. Brian Echampo, is promising to reform the agricultural sector. Dr. Echampo spoke at the presentation of the monetary award of 1 million CDs to the 2022 National Best Farmer by Agricultural Development Bank. Agric Minister Dr. Bryony Champon says his administration is working assiduously to ensure food security while partnering with the private sector. He disclosed that the ministry is creating a pathway to harnessing the full potential of the agric sector. As a ministry, we are shifting focus to an effective pathway towards harnessing the potential of agriculture in this country. We mean business when it comes to food security. Our new focus presents inherent opportunities for greater partnerships. Sooner than later, we will be engaging the ADB to explore possible areas of cooperation to catalyze the transformation process of the agricultural sector. Something very, very big is coming. Something big that guarantees our food security is coming. The major sponsor of the National Farmers' Day celebration, Agricultural Development Bank, fulfilled its commitment by officially presenting 1 million CDs to the 2022 National Best Farmer. Here is Managing Director of ADB PLC, Al-Hassan Yakubutali. We are here today to officially present the ultimate price of 1 million Ghana CDs to Nanayao Sapon Siribo as part of our long-standing commitment to the annual National Farmers' Day celebration. This follows, this follows the submission of a satisfied sponsorship disbursement proposal by the award winner through the Ministry of Food and Agriculture to the bank. In his proposal, the best farmer indicated to invest the amount of 1 million Ghana cities in the construction of the Cerebral Agritech Training Institute, a training center to train the youth in agriculture, especially in technology transfer. The award would complement uh, his uh, personal uh, uh, investment in the project. 2022 National Best Farmer, Nanaya Osrebo, pledged to use the award judiciously. The award prize, Honorable Minister, would greatly facilitate the various projects and initiatives which have already started and will greatly enhance youth and women participation in agriculture and ultimately inure to the benefits of agriculture in Ghana. National Farmers Day is celebrated on the first Friday of December every year. You can read more stories on myjoyonline.com for slash business and Beverly Broom. Next is sports. The business segment was brought to you by Ecobank, the Pan-African Bank. It's time you switch to Bell Park today. Mommy, I'll buy a big TV. Thank you.
Mommy, I'm going to cook for you always. Oh, thank you. Mommy, I'll buy you a baker. <laughs> Buy a big house. Thank you. We are really celebrating mothers at Lakeside Estate. This Mother's Day, we are offering you the opportunity to experience the tropical bliss of the Seychelles Islands with every home you purchase with Lakeside Estate. You can choose from our two, three, or four bedroom homes and secure an expense-paid trip to the Seychelles Island for you and your family, especially your sweet mother. It's time to give mothers a treat. Do yours in style. Call us on any of these numbers and let's give you the home ownership experience of a lifetime. Offer lasts till 31st July 2023. Terms and conditions apply. It's the malaria will not free down, eh? Charlie, no joke. Fever, headache, vomiting, loss of appetite. I couldn't even eat my usual fufu. <laughs> you and your fufu. But I hope you got tested before the malaria treatment. Yes, I did. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out malaria one time. When malaria strikes, take Malatu, containing Arthometer and Lumifantrin. Comes in tablets and suspension for effective treatment of malaria. Great to have you back. Thank you. No problem. Malatu is suitable for adults and children. Manufactured and distributed by NS Chemist Limited. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. To you by Commander DBS Industries to you. Let's go to DBS Industries. I'm sports with me, And the Black Stars of Ghana reported to come earlier today, Monday, June 12, 2023, ahead of the African Cup of Nations qualifier against Madagascar. Ghana faced Madagascar in the penultimate game of the qualifiers away from home. On June 18th, knowing that all three points will secure qualification to the 2023 Africa Cup of Nations to be staged in Ivory Coast. 24 players reported to be in camp at the moment with Thomas Partey, the only player yet to arrive. First training session was held at the Craftsport Stadium this evening, and my colleague Lawrence Bader monitored it. The team arrived at the Craftsport Stadium 15 minutes after four in their new team bus with supporters already present to watch them train. Kamaldin Suleimana, Enes Nyama, and Ransford Yabwa who were all named in the Black Metals team for the under-23 AFCON, joined the team's opening training session. Despite 23 players arriving at the Accra Sports Stadium, only 22 completed Monday's session, with Bechem United's Hafiz Konkoni undergoing a separate session with the team's physio. After a long season, 
there was a need to take turns slowly in the opening training session as the intensity was minimal while there was also little ball work at the end of the day. As you can see behind me, the Black Stars of Ghana have completed their first training session ahead of the 2023 Africa Cup of Nations qualifier against Madagascar. The team opened camp on Monday, June 12, with 24 players reporting on the first day, Thomas Pate being the only player absent. However, at the Accra Sports Stadium, Gideon Mensah was unable to train with the team, with Hafiz Konkoni also having to sit out after playing on the final day of the Bet Power Ghana Premier League on Sunday. George Watson led the training session at the Accra Sports Stadium with Chris Hilton watching on. The Black Stars are set to return to training on Tuesday as preparations continue for the game. Reporting for Joy Sports, Lawrence Beidou from the Accra Sports Stadium. Now, presidents of newly crowned Ghana Premier League champions, Midyama SC, have vowed to break decades of Ghana's poor performance in the CAF Interclub competition. What they made an appearance in the CAF Champions League. At the Takwa Bay side earned a spot in next year's competition after emerging winners of the season's Bet Power Ghana Premier League for the first time in the club's history. And according to the president of the club, Moses Amapaka, it is a reward for their hard work and their poise to represent Ghana well in Africa. You can see, we've, we've, we've tried several times. How many times? Three times. Consecutive times. You were on top and Harvey came. You were on top and, and, and normalization also came. You go front and back. But today, God has made it. It's our time. And the title is in Takwa. Now, this is how the world is. If you want good for the, for yourself, there will be a lot of good and bad. Because the coaches, I was looking for a coach who will make, make me win the cup title. It was not coming. So I will continue pushing. And I, it came to a point, I said, no, 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 let me go back to my coach. No, no, it, it, it's a revelation. Because I don't think it was part of our two glories. Yeah. The two FA Cup titles. Yeah. So I decided, no, why don't you bring... Escuchas ese rugido? Sientes la experiencia de poder? La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. This man back. Then we brought him and God has given the cup to us. And I'm sure with your new stadium about to be completed, you are going to represent Ghana big time in Africa. Very, very big. Very, very big. We are going all out. We have to bring the agents for Ghana to be... On, on top of the Africa competition. Now, after a week of action in Cape Coast, the match-hyped Baby Jet and the 16th Championship climaxes on Tuesday. The Samajan Foundation's annual event provides a stage for young people to display their potential. This year, the new twist has been that several African clubs have also been invited for the showpiece. Football academies from Togo, Nigeria, Benin, Ivory Coast, and Burkina Faso joined 22 other Ghanaian sides at the Cape Coast Stadium, but only two are left to slag it out for the ultimate. Go ahead, go ahead. 
Thomas will play Young Generation on Tuesday night in that final of the tournament. To swimming now, and the Ghana Swimming Association organized a national open swimming championship to help select the best swimmers to represent Ghana in the African Games in 2024. Our colleague Kwame Banaya was there and did come true with this report. 157 swimmers across the country gathered at the University of Ghana Swimming Court on Saturday, June 10th for the event. The event is organized once or twice every year to help select the best swimmers in the country for upcoming tournaments. According to President of the Ghana Swimming Association, Mrs. Delphine Kwe, this year's event is to help spot the best swimmers in the country for the Africa Games next year. Uh, this competition primarily is to select our swimmers for the um, African Games next year. We are having this to select them because we need to get our swimmers ready and train them further to get them ready for next year's competition. The benefits of this is that, you see, all the swimmers in the country come on board and then through that we are able to select the best out of them for, the, for, for future uh, competitions, national competitions. Chairman of the local organizing committee, Dr. Kweku Fosu says... The LOC is working with Federation Heads to prepare athletes ahead of the tournament next year. It's really beneficial in the sense that we're going to get some of the uh, swimmers selected for the African Games. And so at this particular point, what we are, the LOC is working with Federation Heads and they're organizing some of the competitions like this. And today, for instance, the, the Federation President and the executives of the Swimming Federation, uh, Ghana Swimming Federation, they've given us every assurance that out of this competition, they will be able to get uh, their team list and advise the LOC on that. Swimming coach and father of Ghanaian Olympic swimmer Abeku Jackson, Abiu Jackson. Well, that's all for Prime Sports with me, Rosak Musbao. To stay tuned for our special documentary. Escuchas ese rugido. ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.